You're listening to CRV Ambreed's Better Herd podcast, brought to you in partnership with the New Zealand Dairy Exporter. Join us as we talk to CRV Ambreed experts, industry leaders and farmers about hot topics and issues affecting herd improvement in New Zealand's dairy industry today. Keep current with industry news and get practical tips for improving the health and efficiency of your herd. Welcome to CRV's Better Herd podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Haitana from the New Zealand Dairy Exporter. Today I'm chatting with Senior Research Scientist Jane Kay from Dairy NZ about how body condition at a herd level influences reproductive performance. Jane has 20 years experience in the New Zealand dairy sector. She gained her PhD in dairy cow nutrition and physiology from the University of Arizona. Since then, her research has focused on milk composition, lactation management and nutrition. Jane has developed and regularly delivers Dairy NZ's Feed Right program. She is also currently leading the Greenhouse Gas Mitigation Research Program at Dairy NZ that has both an animal and farm systems focus. Welcome, Jane. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Cheryl. It's lovely to be invited and be involved in, um, in this podcast. So we're still coming out of lockdown level three hopefully today into level two. How's things been going working from home? Oh, it's definitely um, had some challenges. It's also had some pluses, um, I think, for a lot of people, um, a silver lining to every cloud and, you know, spending time with the family and the kids has been a real benefit. Um, But in saying that, as everyone else's experiences as, as well as, you know, there's been some challenges. Absolutely. So setting the scene for today, Jane, we're talking about body condition score in our herds and how that impacts reproductive performance. What are the average in calf rates in New Zealand over the last few years and how are farmers tracking? Yeah, thanks, Cheryl. And and it's a really um, interesting point to start with. So when we talk about um, in calf rates, the key metric we use to describe or determine a herd's reproductive performance is a six-week in calf rate. And basically, this is a proportion of the herd um, that gets in calf within that first six weeks of mating. So um, our industry target for the six-week in calf rate, um, which all farmers will be aware of, is 78%. And when we look at how farmers are tracking, our top farmers, um, from a reproductive perspective, are achieving this. We don't have data for the current season, but if we look back at 2018-2019 season, average six-week in calf rate for our top 25% of farmers was 77%. But um, what we also know is the average of our bottom 25% of farmers was only 57%, and we end up with a national average of only 67%. So that's 10 percentage units below what our industry target is. And, I mean, there's obviously some, you know, consequences of that. What we know with, you know, all the consequences of the six-week in calf rate is the greater our six-week in calf rate um, means that we'll have more AB heifer calves that we can bring into our future herd. It means that we will have less um, service bulls required on the farm. And it also means that we'll generally have a lower, what we call now a not-in-calf rate. So it used to be empty rate, and the new terminology now is not-in-calf rate. And that's basically just any cow that is not pregnant at the end of mating. So if we have a lower not-in-calf rate, it means that less cows will be leaving the herd earlier. We'll have a lower replacement rate or we have a greater opportunity for that voluntary culling so we can choose animals that have got poor production or, you know, problems with mastitis and that to keep, you know, improving our herd's performance as we go. 
What, you know, a higher six-week in calf rate means as well is that next season um, we'll get potentially more days in milk from the herd and particularly more days in milk before Christmas. So what we're seeing in sort of the non-irrigated areas, um, you know, this year across the North Island is that, you know, pasture growth has been really low after Christmas. So having that opportunity to get more days in milk before Christmas is going to have great economical benefits we also find that, you know, that, that higher six-week in calf rate means that um, there's more time before calving and mating the next season. Cows have got a great opportunity to cycle, and then we know that that's got improved chance of, you know, of conceiving. So so these are all the things that farmers are missing out on by not achieving their six-week in, you know, in calf targets. And, you know, as I said, we've got a small proportion of them that are tracking along okay, but on average across the industry, um, there's still a big gap between industry targets you know, and what we're actually seeing being achieved on farm. And interestingly, actually missing out on those benefits has been estimated to cost the New Zealand dairy farmers more than about $1.5 billion annually. So the consequences are, are big and it's sort of, you know, definitely an area that we need to focus on. Absolutely. So what are those results telling us? Obviously, season to season, there's a lot of factors that go into getting a cow and calf. But are you saying that a lot of it comes down to body condition score of a herd? Yeah, and interestingly, when you look back over the seasons, I mean, the last three years, I think the national average has increased by a percentage each year. So we've gone up, you know, 65% in the, I think, 16, 17 season, you know, and then up to our, our 67%. And we know that, you know, reproduction is a tricky one. There's a lot of factors that affect it. Anyone that's been involved in the um, in-calf program, you know, we often talk about the herd fertility cake. Um, there's eight ingredients in that, and one of those is nutrition and body condition scores. So we know it doesn't always, you know, it's not solely focused on nutrition and body condition score. Um, and sometimes it's really hard to put your finger on which one of, of those ingredients or which ones are the reason behind your herd's poor reproductive performance. But we do know that a lot of farmers are not achieving their body condition score targets and and a lot of this can be due to, you know, nutritional or feed management throughout the season. Just to, I suppose, refresh on what the body condition score targets are, we want all of our mixed-age cows to be at a body condition score 5 at calving. Our first and second calvers, um, we want them to be slightly heavier at a body condition score five and a half at calving. But um, what's also important, and this I think is probably one area where um, there's room for improvement, is that we can't just look at herd averages. You know, we might have a herd that has an average body condition score of five, but half the cows might be a four and the other half might be a six at calving. So we need to really focus on getting as many cows as possible at that condition score five or at that target condition score. The targets now include a statement that we want less than 15% of our cows below body condition score target and less than 15% of our herd above those body condition score targets. So it's all about sort of, you know, looking at the herd average, but looking at individual, you know, the range within that herd and individual animals. Absolutely. And Ranging from 4.5 up to 6, there's, there's a huge difference that impacts the cows for their body condition score. Jane, why is it so key to hit that ideal target for body condition score coming into calving? 
Yeah, and you're absolutely right, um, Cheryl, that, you know, the difference of half a body condition score can have large, you know, impacts on how that animal performs at next season. So um, we know that these body condition score targets um, were set for three main reasons. So they're there to optimise production. So um, we know that if a cow was to carve at a body condition score five, um, instead of a four, she produces about an extra 12 kilos of milk solids, you know, that season. We also know that those targets are set there to minimise health and welfare risks to the animals. So if a cow was to calve below those body condition score targets, they're more prone to infectious diseases. So your metritis and, you know, mastitis and particularly young cows that are too thin. We also know that a cow that was to calve above those body condition score targets is more prone to metabolic disorders. So, you know, an animal that's, you know, five and a half or above is more at risk of milk fever, you know, ketosis, fatty liver. And these health issues cost money in regards to, you know, animal health costs, but they also associated with um, drop in production and um, they negatively affect reproduction. So we also know um, independently of those health risks, these body condition score targets um, have been set to maximise reproduction. So we know that a cow that calves at a five instead of a four will cycle earlier. And, you know, we previously mentioned it, but the earlier the cow cycles, um, the greater her chances of conceiving and getting in calf. So um, a cow's chance of conception increases by 13% with every extra week she has before calving and mating and by 18% with each cycle she has. So by calving at a five instead of a four, she can bring her cycling forward by one to two weeks and that will then you know, increase her chance of conceiving when she's inseminated. The other area that's important is that um, body condition score loss after calving and also what we call body condition score nadir. And that basically just means the lowest point, you know, that the body condition score gets to um, before that cow turns around and starts to gain condition. And they both affect reproductive performance as well. So our targets there is that a cow or a herd does not lose more than one body condition score from calving through to mating and that we have, you know, 85% of our herd at a body condition score for coming into mating. So, you know, the key influences on those metrics is that body condition score at calving. And if we can hit that, we really increase our potential for better reproductive performance in our herd. So when should farmers be body condition scoring their cows, Jane, coming into calving, coming into mating, and how quickly can they adjust a cow's body condition score if it's not spot on? Yeah. So I, I think what's really important is it's not a, you know, I'll do it now and that'll get me through the rest of the season. It's, you know, you've got to do it regularly. Body condition scoring should just be part of your farm system that you do throughout the season. You know, you want to be able to identify any at-risk cows, you know, any time throughout the season and then put a plan in place to deal with these. You know, there's the old saying out there that failing to plan is planning to fail. And I think that's particularly relevant to achieving, you know, body condition score targets. So the recommendations are, you know, the minimum that you should be scoring your herd is um, at the end of mating. So that's sort of, you know, before the summer autumn period in mid and late lactation. And preferably, you know, you should be scoring them monthly during late lactation and, and through that dry period. 
you then want to score them, you know, you, you need to know your herd's body condition score just before calving, so a couple of weeks before the plan started calving, and then also um, before plans started mating. You know, those two measures will let you then look at what's your body condition score loss been in the herd from calving through to mating. I think what's also important, so, it, you know, it's all very well to say, well, we'll score our animals at that time, but it's really important is how they're scored. So, you know, it's it's like with any data, you know, that we collect, it's make sure that it's good data that we are sure. collecting and that we're using to base our decisions on. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of information on the on the DRNZ website about, um, you know, how to, if you want to score your cows yourself. So, you know, the body condition scoring booklet. And also there's a list of um, what we call as certified body condition score assessors. And these are people that have been through training to make sure that they're accurately scoring cows and they continually sort of calibrate themselves. So, um, you know, as we said earlier, that there's a big difference in how an animal performs if she's a body condition score five versus a five and a half. So it's really important that we're getting, um, you know, accurate measures on on these cows. So you touched on earlier, Jane, obviously there's been areas in the country that have suffered a big drought this year. And, you know, even through autumn, it's been tough times. There hasn't been much rain. What are some strategies that farmers can do to get their cows as close to an ideal body condition score, you know, even when they're going through really tough seasons like like we've experienced this year? Yeah, and it's sort of been, I suppose, a little bit of a, I don't know if you call it a perfect storm, Cheryl, because, you know, you're right, we've had a really tough season in particular areas. And then on top of that, you know, we've had COVID-19 come in and, and feed availability and feed price as well has, um, you know, just added another challenge for, for farmers to look at. So there's many strategies available. I think, you know, that the key to looking at these strategies and implementing them is making sure that you've got the time to do it. So, you know, you asked earlier about how quickly can we turn um, body condition score around and, and it's not quickly, and that's the trouble is we need to, you know, identify it early so we can put plans in place, particularly to try and gain condition um, in animals. So, you know, if we're looking at our second calvers and mixed-age cows, in mid-late lactation, if we identify animals that are, you know, that are lighter than what we'd like then, um, we can look at once-a-day milking, so reducing milking frequency. What we know is, is we see a small drop in milk production when we put cows onto once a day milking. And what they do is they use the energy um, that they haven't spent on milk production goes into body condition score. So the research that we've done in this area would sort of indicate that cows that are milked um, once a day during late lactation, so for three months um, during late lactation, will gain about a quarter of a body condition score more than if they were milked twice a day um, through that period. So, you know, opportunity, at, you know, back in January, February to start looking at how do I gain more condition, you know, through that period. Just probably the key with that is, you know, you need time, as we said. So no point in saying, oh, you know, gosh, I'm I'm in trouble. I'll whack my cows on once a day a month before calving. So it's something that, you know, needs to be done ahead of time. Another option is increasing feed through to, you know, your cows while they're lactating. You know, the season that we've had, this would, um, you know, be bringing in supplementary feed. I think what we need to be really careful is here is that while a cow is lactating, she does not gain a lot of body condition score. So there's a bit of, I suppose, confusion in the industry. You'll hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, a lactating cow is more efficient at gaining body condition score than a dry cow. The trouble with this is it's a bit of a yes, no answer. So yes, at the cellular level, um, a lactating cow is more efficient. So she requires about 25 
percent less energy to store condition um, when she's milking rather than when she's dry. But, and this is a big but, um, in practice, you know, when, when a cow's milking, she actually has about a 25% greater energy requirement for maintenance, you know, for walking and for activity. And also she petitions most of that extra energy that she gets into milk production, you know, and not into body condition score. So if you're looking at, you know, trying to gain a reasonable amount of body condition score, it's very difficult to do it um, in a lactating cow. Um, and, you know, the same amount of feed that you'd gain one body condition score in a dry cow, you'll only gain about 0.2 of a body condition score while that cow is still lactating. So, Yes, you can gain a little bit more by um, offering additional feed, but um, if you have animals, you know, that, that you need to gain a lot of condition, you know, that strategy won't help you achieve it. It's a real balance, Jane, isn't it? Tossing up milk production for this season to getting your herd ready for calving and milk production and, and ideal fertility into the next season. And I think that, you know, that's a, that's a really good point and we have a lot of discussion about it, but I, I sort of think you need to, make sure that you're not compromising next season by trying to get that last little bit of, you know, of milk and money out of this season. I know that's really hard for a lot of farmers because to dry off your cows, you know, all of a sudden you've lost your revenue from your milk income, but you need to look at the big picture and you need to think, you know, if my cows are not at the right body condition score at calving next year, you know, in combination with your pasture cover targets and, you know, just some of those non-negotiables in our pasture-based system, then you are, you know, you're really behind that eight ball when you start next season. And and it's really hard to change, you know, body condition score. It's really hard to um, fix things after that animal has calved and when that season starts. So the, the biggest influence you can have is getting those cows to that target um, condition at calving and, you know, and how you manage them through that dry period. An interesting point too, Jane, and, and I suppose there's a lot more supplementary feed around these days and farmers, you know, if they're a bit short on grass, can put that in. But is it always, you know, difficult to chase that body condition score even with supplementary feed on top of a grass system? Yeah, and I think, I mean, if we look at a dry, you know, and I, we're saying, you know, the best way to achieve or to gain body condition score is to dry those cows, but we need to make sure that we feed them well. We can't just dry them off and, you know, put them up on the on the hills in the back paddock and think, oh, they're dry and now they'll put condition on. So there's a lot of really good information out there on the different types of feed, um, you know, that are good for body condition score gain. In dry cows, so something like palm kernel, which we've seen, you know, used a lot um, as a good feed for putting condition on dry cows. There's good information on the amount, but I think, you know, what's really important is just making sure they've got the time. So, you know, we know a dry cow can only eat so much. So, you know, as you're saying, we might be able to buy in the supplements, but how much can a dry cow actually eat each day? And we know that an animal or, or you know, a dry cow will only put on about half a condition score a month. And the week after she's dried off and about the month before she calves, she won't have any body condition score gain through that period. So, you know, if we're looking at trying to gain one body condition score um, unit in a cow, we're looking at about a 90-day dry period and then actually, you know, feeding them well through that period as well. So it's making sure you've got enough feed. You know, you can look at the type of feed, but a big a big factor is making sure you have got enough time for those animals to gain that um, to gain that condition. When if a cow is calving at a target body condition score, goes through into mating at a target body condition score, when is the most likely time during that season where she's going to drop 
quite significantly to struggle to get back up for the next mating and calving. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, what what we've seen, and a lot of people sort of say, "Oh, we've got to try and stop body condition score loss after after calving." I think it's really important, you know, to put it into context. So, you know, when a cow calves, she's been genetically um, bred to lose condition after calving. So, what happens with a cow is her peak int or her intake doesn't peak until about sort of ten to twelve weeks. After calving, yet her milk production peaks at about six to eight weeks after calving. So we're always going to end up with a deficit in energy. Um, and, you know, we've bred a cow that mobilizes condition to fill that energy deficit. So it's perfectly normal for an animal to mobilize body condition in the first sort of, um, you know, two months after calving. And in, in particular, um, she can lose half condition in the first 10 days after calving. You know, what's really important or what we need to be concerned about is the severity, I suppose, um, and, you know, how much condition she loses and for how long she continues to lose um, that condition. So, you know, we can look at strategies like once-a-day milking and early lactation or putting more feed into the system in early lactation, but they don't have big effects. So that our biggest influencer of how much condition that cow loses is once again, you know, her body condition score at calving and how we've managed her, you know, before then. So, you know, ideally, um, we have what's sort of called a W-shaped curve um, for body condition score throughout lactation. So a cow will calve, you know, to five. She'll our target is to lose no more than one body condition score through to mating. So she'll be at a body condition score four at mating. Depending a little bit on, you know, region and whether we've got irrigation, um, you know, in your system, you might find that cows increase a little bit um, in mid-lactation and then lose a little bit, you know, if it's a really tough summer. And then we've seen them gain that, you know, that body condition score back in the dry period in order to, you know, carve at the target. So that's sort of a natural progression and it's just making sure that we don't get those um, you know large losses of body condition score after calving and that we don't still have animals that are in that um, you know negative energy balance and still losing body condition um, when they're coming into mating. So Jane what is negative energy balance and how can you reduce the impact of negative energy balance for mating? And negative energy balance is basically when the energy expended by the cow, so for maintenance, for activity, and particularly, you know, in early lactation for milk production, it's when the energy expended is more than her energy intake. And, you know, and we've said before that in early lactation, every cow enters into a state of um, negative energy balance. And that's normal, but what is of concern is if, is if that is very severe or it lasts for a long time. So, you know, what we can do to um, reduce it is to make sure that the cows are adequately fed through early lactation. And we can look at indicators such as, you know, pasture residuals. Um, we can look at cow behaviour, milk production, milk composition to, you know, to look at are we adequately feeding our cows through that period. And as I've said before, you know, the biggest influencer of how much condition they lose, also how much they eat, is the body condition score that they carve in. If we would have an animal that was to calve, you know, over target, so a cow at a body condition score um, six at calving, they'll actually enter into a greater negative energy balance after calving because their intake is reduced and, you know, they'll mobilise a lot of body condition. Um, that fat that's mobilised has to go through the liver and in the liver it's turned into energy. So what we tend to see is if we have animals that are way, you know, that are over target at calving, their actual intake is less, they'll mobilise more body tissue, more and more fat accumulates in the liver, and that, you know, we can see some metabolic disorders from that. 
If we have an animal that's under condition at calving, so a body condition score four, what we tend to see is they, we've said before that, you know, they produce less milk. They'll still mobilise some body condition and we run the risk of them, you know, being below that target um, four at calving. So it's not the fact that cows are in a negative energy balance after calving. That's a natural part of a cow's physiology. It's just making sure that it's not um, severe and it doesn't carry on for, you know, for too long a duration. So what's some tools that are available to help farmers achieve these targets, Jane, and get their cows and their herd ready? I think there's a lot of information, a lot of resources and a lot of help available for farmers out there on this topic. It's been something that as an industry, there's been a real united front, I think, in the approach into, you know, achieving your reproduction targets and in getting body condition score or achieving your body condition score targets as well. So there's a lot of information on the DRNZ website. I'm probably a little bit biased there, but I think there's some really good information there. The in-calf book and um, there's some feed right tech notes. There's some really good gap calculators. So, you know, Excel tools, resources that can be used um, for you to sit down and look at your herd's performance, so you can look at your current herd's performance, you know, what are the gaps there and what is the economic value of closing those gaps um, for your herd. You can also, there's, you know, people that have attended in-calf training, so there's a list of what we call in-calf um, advisors and, you know, the opportunity to sit down with them on a one-to-one basis and go through, you know, look at those eight ingredients in the herd fertility cake and identify you know, which ones may need work, you know, where's the biggest gap opportunity and then, and then you know, what strategies can be put into place to achieve this. So, you know, absolutely recommend people to record, know what their herd's performance is and then use these available, you know, tools, resources, advisors, information out there to try and improve body condition score and then ultimately improve herd reproduction. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Jane, what's your number one tip for farmers to get on top of this? And is that really just getting out there and getting the data and looking at your herd and doing it regularly? Yeah, I think absolutely, Cheryl. I think the biggest thing is no. I mean, it's really hard to know if you've got a problem if you don't know where what your current you know status is. So we we often talk about this continuous improvement process, and the first thing and the most important one is assess your own performance. You know, if you don't measure your body condition score and monitor it, then you don't know you know what you are achieving and what the opportunities are to change it. So you know you've got to assess your performance. You've got to identify if there is a gap. So know what the industry targets are. Know what your herd is doing and identify that gap. Then look at those different options. So, you know, some options will suit people better than other options, but there are a lot of strategies out there that you can use to achieve those body condition score targets. Then implement them and then just continue to do that. So, you know, you're always measuring, you're always monitoring, you're assessing, you're comparing, and then you're trying to implement strategies to help you improve it. And I just think, yeah, the biggest thing is don't wait till it's, you know, too late. So January, February is when you are, potentially setting your herd up for the next season. So getting in then, um, knowing do you have at-risk cows, implementing strategies to make sure that you achieve your condition score targets at calving will really make the next season a lot easier and a lot more successful as well. And I thought it was a really good message just to be wary of your herd average. So making sure that you're not, you know, just looking at your average and thinking you're okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that 15, having 15% of your herd less than target and less than 15% of your herd above target, it just shows that you really need to pull that range in. 
and just aim for as many cows as possible at that body condition score five. And, you know, it may take you um, splitting out mobs of cows. So, you know, you may have, you know, your thin, light animals and you may preferentially feed them through that dry period to ensure that they reach their targets. And you may have your older cows or your heavier cows that you aren't feeding as much or feeding a different feed through the dry period and, and managing those animals differentially through that time ensures then that, um, you know, you won't be faced with the same problems or the same challenges when you get to, you know, calving and after it. Jane, dairy cow fertility underpins the viability and productivity of everyday business. How do you determine the key management areas to focus on in order to maximise your herd's reproductive performance? Yeah, absolutely, Cheryl. And as we mentioned, you know, earlier infertility in the dairy or New Zealand dairies industry is costing farmers more than, you know, one and a half billion dollars annually. And we know fertility is influenced by many factors. We've got the eight ingredients in the fertility cake. So we've got genetics, heifer management, um, calving pattern, cow health, AB practices, um, heat detection and bull management. And then we've also got body condition score and nutrition, you know, one of these eight ingredients. So the best way to determine which area you need to focus on is to go through that continuous improvement process. So you, you assess your performance, you identify gaps, so where you're not meeting um, industry targets, consider strategies, consider options, and then implement these. And you need to be continually doing this. You know, as we've pointed out, there's many resources available out there to help you determine which is the key, you know, management area you've got to focus on. There's many resources available to um, to help you with your herd's reproductive um, performance. And we've talked about a lot of the resources out there that are available. There's the um, fertility focus report, um, which will help you identify where potentially, you know, your herd management may be going wrong, what, what areas you need to focus on to try and improve that reproduction. Um, those gap calculators are a great way to look at where the opportunity lies within your herd, within your farm business to try and achieve those targets. So from a value proposition perspective, um, it's definitely worth the investment and management and upskilling capability and focus and time to get your body condition score targets right and then increase the reproductive potential of your herd. Because the cows we're breeding in New Zealand have got great potential, Jane, when it comes to fertility. And, and is it just not meeting some of these targets that are letting them down? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, and there's been a lot of work done on the genetic value, genetic potential of the herd and their ability to get in calf. So I suppose I often think about the fertility cake genetics as the cake tin, but it's making sure that you get all of those other management factors right, you know, to get that perfect cake. You might have the biggest cake tin in the world. If you um, put in too many eggs or don't put in any flour, you're never going to get the perfect fertility cake. So, you know, there are a lot of management um, areas that you need to focus on. And it's just making sure that you are across all of those, I think, is the most important. You can't just focus on one and let the others, you know, lie in order to achieve the best results. Yeah, I mean, as an industry standard, Jane, are we losing too many of our three and four year lactation cows because of infertility when it's really possibly management that's letting these cows down? Yes, and there's been a lot of work. Um, Dairy NZ Pillars Research Program has looked at um, cow wastage, so losing animals early from the herd after you've put the time and and money and investment into rearing them as a heifer and then, you know, having them come into the herd. We actually end up losing a lot of animals that are the second calvers 
And that's, I think, because, you know, we look after our heifers, but we forget about them, you know, when, when they're coming into their second calving and they still need um, preferential treatment, which is why, you know, they have a body condition score target of five and a half but we end up losing a lot of those animals from the herd due to reproduction and we don't need to. They've come into the herd, they've successfully gotten calf that first year. There's no reason why if we don't manage them well, they can't, you know, stay in that herd. So looking back at the strategies farmers can use, do you want to talk us through the strategies they can use for the heifers, but maybe what they should be applying to these second calvers as well, Jane? Yeah, so for the second calvers, it's it's the similar strategies that are available. So, you know, once a day milking, preferentially feeding the animals while they're lactating, ensuring that you've you've dried them off with enough time. So just remembering that we want those second calvers to achieve that five and a half at calving and that sometimes they can still be growing. So they may require slightly more time and slightly more feed to achieve that that target. For our heifers, it's making sure that we've got a really good plan in place. So if they're out grazing, we've got a good relationship with that grazier. Um, we've got good targets in place and we're monitoring them, you know, while they're out grazing. So it's not when they, um, you know, come back on farm on the 1st of June that we realise, you know, these cows are way under target and, you know, we've got some issues to face there. So we want to make sure our heifers are you know, when they do return home from grazing or return to the farm, that they're at that five and a half target. Because often um, what we see is when they come into a new herd, they need to adapt to being in a new social environment. And all of a sudden they have to start competing with much bigger, older, um, more dominant animals. So we can often see, you know, sometimes heifers will, will come back from grazing and they can actually lose a little bit of body condition, you know, when they first come back on the farm. So it's so really important to be monitoring them, tracking them, um, making sure that they're meeting their targets as they grow and then just ensuring that they're in, you know, at that target condition when they come back into the herd before calving. So one thing we haven't touched on, Jane, is we're mid-May at the moment. So for farmers that aren't on target at the moment, what can they do now to try and set themselves up for next season? Yes, so it's a, it's one of those questions that there's not really a right answer because, <laughs> you know, we shouldn't be in this situation. But um, if you are in that situation, if you're not at, at target, so for people, you know, um, who've got animals that, that are, are very, very light and they're still trying to gain condition, my advice is that they should definitely be dry now. Um, and we need to be looking at, you know, those feeds that are good for body condition score gain. So your palm kernel and then, you know, followed by May silage trying to get them into those um, animals and doing it as soon as we can. You know, we know those animals will gain very little condition, you know, in, in the last few weeks, months before calving. So it's almost getting too late now, but we need to be acting now to get them to, you know, as close to those targets as we can coming into calving. Thanks for joining us today, Jane. And it's such an interesting subject and one that's definitely on farmers number one I would say is you know getting their cows and calf again setting themselves up for the season so it's great to hear some strategies that they can use so look forward to seeing you when we come out of lockdown in person. <laughs> Thanks Cheryl and yeah absolutely just a real key focus um, yeah to make sure you set up your season for next year you know any actions that you do now will, will bring you positive benefits next season. Thanks for listening to CRV Ambreed's Better Herd podcast. Read more about today's topic and our panel guests by visiting CRV Ambreed's website. 
www.crv4all, that's the number 4all.co.nz, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Check out our upcoming topics and join us again soon for your Better Heard Fix.